name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Freaking numbers. I'm, I'm, I've got a beef with numbers today. Uh, the, you know, numbers. Scale numbers, age, year, date. In this case, it's the number 100. This is my 100th episode of this now not new show, What Sid Thinks. I still think of it as new. Got an, I got a new podcast that's 100 episodes in which at an average of one a week, which I don't even know if that's true, but I mean, I did eight in, in a row, but it's a long time. I think it's, I think it's coming on two years. That's a while. And um, so that's neither here nor there. The hundredth episode issue with, that I have is that I did 99 and I thought, okay, now I gotta, okay, I gotta buckle down. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do for my hundredth. And I got to make it special and I got to put a lot God, what am I going to crap? And I'm writing things and I'm dead. And I, I thought, what am I, this is a, it's a hundred is a number as valid a number factually as 99. I mean, they're both factually numbers. You can't argue with me on that. Neither is more special than the other for any reason other than we make things up. And I'm putting this pressure on myself for the hundredth episode because I'm like, I've got to, it's the hundredth and it's clean. It's a pretty number. I'm not, I'm not going to assist. It's aesthetically pleasing. I'm not going to say it's not because it's aesthetically pleasing. And it, by the way, it's more attractive than 99. I think we can all say that. I hope it didn't offend anybody. I think all numbers are beautiful, but just some numbers are more beautiful. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And that's in this, that's in the eye of the beholder. So I made a few, I made, anyway, long story short. I made a few notes and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, this is an episode. It's an, it's another episode. Now, is there in my brain something about it being a hundred that is something, something? Sure. Because I started this new show and I never know where it's going to go and, and, uh, it's gone and I've gotten really good feedback and, and, uh, from, from, from you all and nice reviews. And, and so it's, it's, it feels, it feels good. And to know that I'm a hundred in is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But that's where I was on this. I was kind of unsure about it. Um, the good the good news is, and things are trickling in, which is nice. Um, I have my first formal running client, which is kind of exciting. Beginning going on that. Got a new review. Uh, you guys know I was lamenting last week, last episode about the you know the coffee roasting kind of kind of thing. Anyway, got a got a new review, and it was a nice review. And the best part about the review was that she said she wanted me to do a video on coffee roasting. So that that is formally the first time I've gotten feedback about uh, my mentioning coffee roasting. So I'm going to do a video on it. She's going to get her wish. You know, one is enough for me to respond, I'll tell you that much. So there's going to be a YouTube video coming coming soon. Coffee roasting 101. It's, that's probably what I'll call it. Mm. Speaking of which, I'm still with the Ethiopian. I may not give up on that one. I might just keep reordering. Thank you to everybody who Patreons me and um, and does the new review, uh, throws a review down, all those kinds of things. Very exciting. I mean, there's lots of stuff going on right now. I am in the midst of doing a relaunch, uh, version 2.0, if you will, of Small Steppers. I may have mentioned that already. Working with a marketing thing and going to be doing like videos. I'm, I'm, it's like, it, to me, it's like it's it either going to go bigger or it's not going to go. I mean, I love small steppers. 
Love it. And if you've been through it, hopefully you enjoyed it. I am now like, but the website is, it was functional and fine. It works, but it's not, I'm ramping this shit up and I mean for reals. So I'm in the, I'm working like hours every week on that, like the marketing and the planning and the videos and the emails and like, I'm doing a big push. I'm not messing around with it anymore. I want this thing to go big and I, and I'm either going to do it or not do it because if it doesn't go big, then I'm not going to do it. That's, is that clear? Good. Um, so I would in, in, in messing around with, with that small steppers thing. And of course I'm thinking about my approach. I'm working with a, the running client, which I'm just beginning, but I'm also working with a, another private client, which I don't usually do, but I, I, I did, um, stuff comes up and I'm, and I'm in the hundredth episode of this podcast and I'm just kind of looking forward and saying, okay, well, what are my next steps and where am I going? And you know, these kinds of things, it's just, it's just stuff, right? Stuff I want to do. There's still stuff I want to do. I want to get my book out. I want to record the songs that I wrote. I have enough for an album. Got to figure out how to make that happen financially and otherwise. Now, especially with, you know, how we can't be in the same room as each other. That's going to be a thing. There's stuff. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to make this a long episode. I, I wanted to, again, take the pressure off me because I'm the most important uh, concern that I have about this podcast and otherwise. You know, my family is distant, distant second. Me, coffee, scotch, then like 10 other things, and then like family. Mm. Don't tell them that. I mean, to them, I say, you guys are the, the apple of my eye, but they're not the apple of my eye. Um, so I guess I'll finish. I, I, I'm, I'm going to, this is sort of depressing, but it's, it's a, what I'm going to mention here, but it's, a, but at the same time, it's a, it's a learning thing. And I was really waffling on whether to mention this at all, but I was looking up a guy that was an acquaintance of mine years ago because my, this is when I was playing music full time in Los Angeles and I had a manager, this guy named Michael Nieves. And, um, and he also managed, um, Mark Olson of the Jayhawks. So it was sort of like that. And one time Michael and I went out to the desert where, where um, Mark Olson lived with uh, Victoria Williams. If you guys may not know these people, but they're old school, like song, singer songwriters, like old school, best tradition of that kind of thing. And so we drove out there because Mark was playing a show and his guitar player was this guy named Neil Casal. And Neil and I kind of hit it off. We, we, you know, he's freaking one of the better guitar players I've ever seen, period. But we hit it off that night and we kind of kept in touch a little bit after that. We didn't we're not we didn't become friends, but we were definitely acquaintances and I just sort of followed him. Then later he coincidentally joined the band of one of my favorite singer-songwriters of all time, Ryan Adams, not Brian, Ryan Adams, and he was in the Neil Casal was in the Cardinals. I thought that's so cool. Like that guy deserves everything. He's so such a nice guy and it was funny and we just had a really good time. It was just one of those, you know, the connections that you make and you go, wow, that was we would be friends in a different circumstance. Like if we lived in the same area kind of thing. Anyway, and if you're thinking Ryan Adams, is he the guy that yes, he did get yes, he's a douche. Okay, I'm sorry about that because he's literally one of the best song singer songwriters, in my opinion. But he can't control himself. And he's got a moral compass that is a little wonky. Let's just say the the internal workings of his compass, the magnets have gotten loose a little bit. And so his north is not the normal north. Mm. If he follows his, his compass, he does not get to Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? 
anyway, so I was talking to my wife, Lisa, about, about Neil Casal. I was like, oh, Neil Casal. I was wondering what happened to him just because, you know, and, and so she looked him up. And it turns out this is the depressing part because it is depressing. It's like depressing. Anyway, he took his life at 50, my age. So this is all, you know, I'm 51, but he did this a little while ago. We were probably, we were about the same age. And, and this is where the number, remember I was, you know, the remember, remember five minutes ago when I was talking about the numbers plague me again, like big deal. He's 50, I'm 50, but there's, just, you know, it's just like you can't help but think about these kinds of things. Anyway, so she was reading about it, I and then I just read about him and things like that. And so there's this quote, there's this quote I want to read. And this is part and parcel to why I'm passionate about what I do and, and my also my philosophy and why I even value philosophy the way that I do and, and bring that into even I don't I just don't want to discuss anything particular without a, a philosophy or without a context, without a a thinking around it and that goes for food and fitness and everything else. I, I want to broaden the context so that when you're discussing food, it's not all about food. When you're discussing fitness, it's all not all about fitness. When you're discussing, you know, health in general, it's not all about one thing because to bring the philosophy that it means you put you you place that one thing in the context of a broader concern, like a happy life, for instance, not a scale weight. There's the number, right? So you broaden that out and you go, okay, fuck the scale weight. It's not really about that. That might be a tool that lets you measure things, but that's not the end game. That never was the end game. And when we are convinced it's the end game, we do all sorts of crazy shit. Join diets and being, you know, militant and dull because we got to hit the, the number when the number is really just a very, very minute and inconsequential stop on the way to what we really want. And I don't want to put words in people's mouths. I just know for a fact that we all want to live happy lives. Where I would be remiss is if I said, well, you would be happy doing this thing. Well, that I don't, I'm not going to, that'd be ridiculous for me to say that about anybody. I don't know what makes you happy. I know that you want to be happy. I know that we try to avoid big kinds of stress. I know that we want to live fulfilled lives. That, that I know. I don't care who you are. I mean, I care, but I don't care. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to read you this quote. Okay. Quote, mine hasn't been really a rock star life, Cassell said. Granted, still quoting, granted, I've gotten to travel the world and see a lot of things that other people haven't. Some of the other life building events that people go through, I haven't had some of those things. It gets harder as you get older. I've definitely had an amazing life in music. That's for sure. I've got to make so many records, tour, take for, uh, photo photographers, write songs, meet new friends, and all that. Um, that's his quote. A couple things that I honed other than it breaking my heart that a guy at 50 takes his life and he's gotten what is for many the dream. And I'll be honest, was for me the dream. Like I, you know, I did, I, I saw glimpses of that as a musician. I, I did tour and I put out a bunch of records and saw glimpses, never had nowhere near the success that this guy did. And I would have looked, you know, 20 years ago and said, if I could just have that thing, if I could just have what Neil Casal has, he's touring around, he's making a living music. My living at music was whatever money we made went right back into the band and making another record. Like never, we never lived off it, not even close. It was just enough to keep us on the road and to do the record. He was making a living. He was the dream. Not a, not a superstar, but like a working guy and doing in theory what he loved. And I don't even want to say any theory. I bet he did. 
Um, but it was the most heartbreaking part of that quote was some of the other life, when he said, quote, some of the other life building events that people go through. I interpret that to be things like having a family, having children, having, you know, um, a base of some sort of relationship kinds of things that make us who we are in a broader sense. Um, he said, I haven't had some of those things. I think that what happened is completely my guess and has nothing to do with anything. I haven't spoken to him in years, hadn't spoken to him in years. Um, is that he was looking at the things that he achieved in this one area and then said, on the balance, looking back, perhaps it was too much invested in that and not enough in the other things that potentially he saw as would have provided a nice foundation from which to jump from, to do the things that he was doing, but also to ha he didn't have that foundation. The, the, the partner, the kids, the stuff that I have argued for years are the go-to things that if all fell, all of the things failed, those would be the things that we would bless and be so feel blessed and so lucky that we had those things in place. And when we sacrifice those basic things for the one thing, I think that sometimes we lose. And the fact that he took his life is just, again, it's just totally heartbreaking to me. Um, the balance of it all that is required for a happy, fulfilled life is what sticks out to me, that it usually isn't about one thing. Until we experience the one thing, we always think that's going to be it until most cases when we actually experience it, we go, okay, but that's not it. Like it's cool. And there's some good things. And that's what we said. Like I've seen things that other people haven't seen that. That's great. But was it enough? And I think that it's a, that's a, it's a balancing of all those things. It's, 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 you know, you can have a passion and a thing that you love. I certainly do, but not at the expense of everything else. Um, and, and, a love of something that says, okay, I, I mean, and for me, this particularly hit home for me because I was a singer-songwriter. My dream was to be the guy who made that living. But I will say that it wasn't a financial decision for me to leave Los Angeles and my band behind and, and stop playing in Los Angeles even years before that. It was that I simply, by the time we were able to get on the road, I didn't want to be gone. And that was a weird thing for me because I finally was on a tour bus touring around the U.S., playing shows to sold out crowds. I was an opener, but I was playing shows to, you know, 700 people a night. It was like on paper, phenomenal. And most of that time I was like, yeah, I'd rather be home. Then I got to tour in Europe and I thought, this is amazing. I mean, Europe, going to Europe, but I had a seven month, month old baby. And from the moment I landed in, in Amsterdam, I didn't want to be there. And it was the weirdest thing of getting the thing that you wanted and at the same time going like, I mean, and it wasn't like it was miserable. I mean, it was fun, but it was not that fun. And when I got home from the second time uh, I went to Europe, I thought I kind of don't, this is my bag. Like I had a baby and I have Lisa and I was like, I don't, that's not for me. Maybe it's for other people. It's just not for me. It was that thing that I thought, okay, this is the thing. And it wasn't the thing. So there's a couple things going on. One is to know that and to understand that and be aware of that. And sometimes it takes a while, did with me. But the other thing to realize is that, is that as much as people go, just, you know, pa that passion, find that and just chase that thing. But at what expense? Because, I mean, go for it. And I, again, like I'm passionate as hell about what I do now. But part of that passion of what I do now is, is embodied in also a struggle to make sure that that doesn't 
take away significantly from the other things. It certainly does because if you have a passion, you're going to be investing more time in that than let's say other things, but not to not do other things, I guess is what I'm saying. Usually it's a, I, I guess I'm thinking about always how to craft the happy life. And I'm coaching as a health coach, right? And I'm like, listen, food is phenomenal. It's great. But ultimately it has to fit in a place that leads you to a happy life because otherwise there ain't a meal that tastes so good that is better than you living a happy life. It's just not, it's a period. And people find that out and they go, yes. Um, but perhaps that ha living a happy life, um, a fulfilled life is, is about forever adjust, learning how to do forever adjustments of multiple things. It's not about the one thing. It can be more about one thing than others, but it's forever adjustments. It's, it's passionate into one area and then adjustments here and there. And then as another area gets bigger, smaller, then you adjust and you keep adjusting forever for the rest of your life. You, as life changes and things happen and tragedies and, and, and great victories cause adjustments and they, or they, they beg adjustments. They don't cause them, but you're the one that can go, okay, because of this, now I adjust this because I don't want to forget these things in these areas. And I don't, this is one of my people with diets. It's a sort of everything else gets put on hold while we're in these, this thing, and this is it. And it can't be it if you want to be happy. And perhaps the better we get at adjustments, the better we get at being adaptable. I just did a video recently on YouTube about this very thing, about adaptability, because I see it as a key player in our ability to live a happy life is, can we get better and better and build the practice of adjustment, of adaptability, of assessment that we can look at our lives and at any given time, make tweaks here and there, little adjustments here and there. And then if we don't, if we get too wrapped up in one thing, then the imbalance sometimes is so stress inducing, is so sadness inducing. And if, un and if left unchecked, can lead to things like a brilliant musician taking his own life because he's looking at it and saying, on paper, I had this, I had it. And yet there were things that obviously were very much missing as I interpret it. Again, I don't know, but that's how it looks to me. When he says those other life-building events that people go through, life-building events, I can only take to mean that it was the stuff of the family and friends and things like that, having a, a home base. And looking back and saying, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I had this, but yeah, I didn't have this. And I maybe could have all those things and have been a better adjuster at, at kind of manipulating my life to make sure that things were intact and not getting fully lost. And so that was my thoughts on this, the hundredth episode of what Sid thinks. Um, I thought I would just kind of roll that out and that I would finish with um, a thanks and, um, and to maybe, you know, hopefully maybe a hundred more. I, I enjoy this show a lot. I like the freedom of it. And um, I really do, I, you know, I kind of slide through some of the, because I one of my rules when I did this was I wasn't going to go through a long list of, of you know, announcements every episode like I did with the last one. It would take 10 minutes on this website. and Like I just don't do that anymore. And I know that I skate through the thanks to Patreon and re reviews. I always say I'm sincere about it, but I'll just kind of finish this 100th episode with that sentiment again, that it is, um, I don't take it lightly 
that you guys even choose to listen to this thing of the hundreds, literally of thousands of podcasts out there that you then, some of you take time to to, review or, or comment on, or send me an email or, you know, donate three bucks a month on Patreon. Like it's, I never take that lightly. And I'm very thankful that I do get to do this and that people actually freaking listen to it, which is sometimes shocking and amazing to me. Um, so I'll just finish up with a thanks and thank you to everybody, um, for, for, for listening hundred episodes. It's kind of cool, right? I know it's a number, but it's, I don't know. It's still something, right? Okay. Out of Los Angeles The inroads all converge to one Cause we all are the dreaming one We all are the seeking Faced one who came back